0: But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look? For the living among the dead. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. That the son of man must be handed over to sinners. And be crucified. And on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returned from the tomb. And told all the eleven. All that they had heard. Now this was Mary Magdalene. Joanna, Mary the mother of James and other women with them who told this to the apostles but these words seemed to the apostles as an idle tale and they did not believe them. Peter got up suddenly and ran to the tomb stooping and looking in he saw the clothes by themselves and then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it's Easter morning. It's my first uh, Sunday in this church on an Easter morning. And I come with expectations as I hope you do. I know you come as individuals with as many different expectations, hopes, desires, doubts, fears as anybody else. You are all unique just like hurricanes. But my hope is is that when you leave here today you leave here as Peter left the tomb that morning it said he was amazed he was amazed now I know you come here with lots of different expectations I know you carry a variety of degrees of skepticism motivations you you, you have this hope that that, that something might happen That would cause you to be filled with a sense of the presence of God in your life and the presence of God in this world and the presence of some meaning beyond yourself. Perhaps you come here this morning not unlike these women who went to the tomb um, they were really just taking care of business. It was the thing they had to do. There had been a funeral. There were a lot of sad people. There was a big mess. And in the ancient world, you had to take care of business with, as concerns, dead bodies. And these were the women. You know, they, they took care of what needed to be taken care of. And even in their own grief, they went to deal with the unpleasant task of cleaning up after a funeral. Now there may be people in this room who have cleaned up after a tragedy when a lot of people gathered to express in a moat, and then everybody leaves, and then you're left there in the disheveled mess. And somehow they found this opportunity to go to work. They responded to it. They went to the tomb to take care of business. And yeah, in my mind, these are some practical, intelligent, capable women not expecting resurrection when they went there but when they got there what they did see was something had been moved it was a stone that had been rolled in front of the tomb and it had been moved my wife accuses me of moving things all the time it's not my fault that everywhere I go there's something where it shouldn't be but I've I'm used to that she she just knows something's moved therefore something has happened Something had happened this morning, and these women showed up, though they were there for very practical reasons, and they met these two characters in dazzling white, and these two angelic presents said to them, do you remember what Jesus said about being handed over to the sinful cru- of sins of the world to be crucified to die, and on the third day he would rise? And they said, oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh my! Oh oh! I don't know if you've ever had a moment in your life where you just you know you knew you you knew something, but you didn't know you know it until it was revealed to you, and you went, "Oh yeah! Oh oh yeah!" So that's what just happened to these women, these the, these characters in White said, do "You remember?" They say, "Oh oh my!" And. They were filled with something. This is that amazement. And they went and they told the apostles who thought they were out of their minds. It's an idle tale. They're just running their mouths. But then one of the disciples, the one who kind of had that passionate heart that got him in trouble all the time, something happened. Something happened in his heart. Now remember, he hadn't hadn't seen the stone. He hadn't had the angels talking to them. You know, that was the women's story. But something happened in him, and he got up and ran. And he saw. And he believed. I think most of us today are like Peter. I mean, some of you may have seen angelic visions. Maybe you have heard voices. Maybe you have had tactile, tangible evidences of the other world that is beyond this one. But if you're like me, it really is something that happened after hearing this thing that you don't understand, that you're not sure you can believe and then you just know you believe and you would not have it any other way and you've been running ever since trying to serve this God that you have encountered and so whatever it is that happened that caused these women to go tell the disciples this crazy tale, it caused Peter to run to the grave and he went away amazed and his life was changed and he and a bunch of other unsophisticated uneducated Jewish men are responsible for the church that we're here today now how does that happen I don't think it happens without God whatever it was that happened has resulted in you sitting in this pew this morning so you're a part of it you might not have come here this morning thinking, oh, I'm a part of You are a part of this. You are a part of whatever it is that happened on that Easter morning. It's resulted in you being here this morning, and while I may not understand resurrection, and any preacher who will, like, spell it out to you, and this is how it happens, gives you the formula, you know. Nobody understands resurrection. Jim doesn't understand. He understands hurricanes better than anybody in this room, but he will tell you he didn't know everything about them. as it is with resurrection. And yet there's nothing in this world that I believe in and have more hope in and trust in more than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't understand what it is, but I understand deeply my need for it. I do understand that there are bad and scary and tragic things in this world. Um... And we deal with them every day. But the resurrection is the thing that causes me to believe that I will not be defeated by them. So, this happened this week. It's a picture of a stop sign right out here in front of the church. A truck backed over and knocked it over. And the stop sign's down. The light's still blinking. It's a useless stop sign. It's a big accident. Well, I gotta tell you, the reason that truck backed over that stop sign this week is because right behind it, on top of the church, which is right outside this window, we had a little crew because we had a water leak in this old roof. It's a hundred-year-old building. Gets roof leak. So we were gonna spend you know six or seven thousand dollars to fix this roof. Well, guess what happens in an old roof when you get on it and you start digging in it? Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be a $30,000, $50,000 repair job. I, I have gotten over being worried about the church, right? I, lo- I love old churches. I love worshiping in buildings that the people who built them are not even here anymore, and you're sitting in their spots. I, I love that. I love thinking about that. But I, I don't let that defeat me. I say it is what it is, and we move on to this reality that is ours in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, there's another church that had a problem with a roof this week. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I that broke my heart to watch that. But this now we're 100 years old, right? And this is going to cost us $50,000. All right. This does not defeat us. It does not. In fact, in some ways, the Notre Dame burning down will call people to consider what they're amazed by. I've never been to Notre Dame. Anybody been to Notre Dame? Raise your hand. Let's see. Okay, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. I want you to go away today amazed, but not by our roof, not by the wonder of the music, but by the message. That tells us that we do not have to fear or be motivated by anxiety in this world. We are motivated by a message of hope and new life that came to us. We didn't generate it. Now, we're all used to being motivated by anxiety. And I think probably this generation with modern communication, we're the worst. All right, let me see that next image. Just us talk anxiety. Bam. We see this all the time. And a hurricane's going to come and it's going to hit landfall and it's going to be. Ja- we are just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Storms come, cathedrals burn, and roofs leak. And we are not defeated. Because we are people called to a hope in something bigger than ourselves and bigger than this temporal world. And we kind of know it. It isn't just a spiritual kind of theological thing. We know that we can be motivated by things other than anxiety and fear. We can be motivated by inspiration, by, by hope and determination. I mean, I saw something a couple weeks ago that everybody's talking about, you know, this destiny, right? <laughs> I heard the word destiny, right? Look, I'm an Auburn fan. That wasn't destiny. That was Auburn putting the fear and God, fear of God into UVA, right? Three minutes left, right? Okay, thank you, Auburn, for helping us. But we know we like to be motivated by this. We love it when that shot is in the air and we don't know if it's going to be a three-point shot with one and a half seconds left to win the game. If we're going to go away disappointed. We know what that feels like. It's amazement. To be amazed. So we come to this morning wanting to walk away like Peter. Amazed by that shot. But we also come knowing very well that we are a broken. People capable of harm toward others. Uh, We saw a story this week. I hate to go to sports all the time. But this is pretty amazing. Next slide. We are broken. We are has-beens. We have hurt people. We have not been this pillar of virtue. But we come, every single one of us, with the capacity for a comeback. To be champions. To be victorious is the word that the church uses for the people who believe in resurrection, that we are a victorious people. And we walk into this world with its storms and its burning roofs, its leaky roofs and its burning cathedrals, Victorious, because life has been given to us from God Almighty, and nobody can take it away. It's the water of our baptism that, once baptized, is the love of God in and through us that will not be taken away. Now, I've been sharing since November about a five-year-old nephew of mine who's dying of cancer. And he's in the hospital in Boston. He's been there for four months. We've been praying for him, Brooke. And it's, the whole family's wrapped up in it, right? Five-year-old. And then two weeks ago, this happens. And that's my mom and my dad and my daughter and me and my grandson, right? And at the same time that we've been wrapped up in the, in the fear and the anxiety of a sick five-year-old, then comes along the new birth, and you wonder at how this life is going to affect you. But i got to tell you, there, there, there's a hope and an amazement when you hold a new baby. And I can't really describe it, but if you've done it, you know what I'm talking about. There's no fear in it. I mean, you love something so much, you're kind of afraid to love it so much, and yet you wouldn't have it any other. And just so, all through this season of Lent, uh, we invited the congregation to start on Ash Wednesday with the dust that says, You are dust, and to dust you will return. And yet, while dust has no water in it, and it is lifeless, the truth about the grace of God is it is ubiquitous. It is everywhere, like water, and we cannot escape it. You cannot rain and not get wet. You cannot live in this world. And avoid the grace of God that is pouring down on us all the time. So all through this Lent as we've been talking about the characteristics of water. And and its place in our lives and its place in this world. I would invite you to go into this world not being afraid of getting wet. In fact, next time you go out in the rain, renew your baptism. Baptism. Just move that umbrella aside for a minute and feel it on your face and be amazed. Amen.